Hey, my name's Adam, and I am the West Shore Campus Pastor here at Coastline Church on beautiful Vancouver Island. Welcome to our podcast. All the content that you will find here is meant to point you to Jesus and encourage you in your journey wherever it is that you find yourself. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. Her conference coming up. If you're a guy, sucks to be you. If you're a girl, you're welcome. Her conference is coming around the corner. It's going to be good. And uh, we want to encourage you to be there for that. Um, thank you, everybody, for coming to church today. Um, we're happy to have you here with us. If you're new for the first time, welcome. So glad that you're here. My name's Adam. I'm the campus pastor here in the West Shore. Um, I'm getting over the flu. And so you don't want to give me a hug today. But uh, um, I'm glad to be here. I'll tell you that much. And uh, God, I believe, has something special for each person in this room, and uh, just so thankful uh, to be in this space this morning, as opposed to lying on my bed like I was all yesterday, and so it feels good to be alive, amen. Uh, I remember I remember when I was a kid, and uh, I feel like I learned everything that I... <laughs> I learned about Christianity through cartoons, to be honest with you. Uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and uh, I remember I learned that, that God um, and the devil lived on shoulders. At least that's what the cartoons told me, that uh, if uh, you were doing something bad, you looked to the one shoulder and you saw the devil, and you looked to the other side and you saw God. That's what I saw. Uh, I learned about angels um, um, through the uh, cream cheese commercial, Philadelphia cream cheese. And uh, of course, we learned that angels lived on clouds from that commercial. Um, Ned Flanders on The Simpsons was the only Christian that I could recognize, uh, of course, as a kid. And uh, as I got older, what happened is I, I realized that cartoons weren't real. <laughs> and as I realized that cartoons weren't real, I kind of assumed that God wasn't real either. And the idea to me that God was nothing more than a make-believe story to, to, to help people who needed help made sense in my mind. That wasn't until I met a Christian, and I met a Christian who actually believed that God was real, like, like tangibly, real, real. And, and I saw it in the way that she lived her life. And there was something different about her. And it wasn't just the, the, the churchy stuff. She lived her life and she spoke as if she believed that her and God had an actual, authentic, real relationship. And if that, if that doesn't make a skeptic a little bit curious, I don't know what will. Because either she's crazy or maybe she's right. And I lived a lot of my teen years with an unhealthy amount of, of fear and shame. And when I learned that there was a God who, who, who actually loved people despite of their shortcomings, but not only that, that he could set people free from the chains that dragged them down, I was, I, I was hooked. I was hooked. And if you're taking notes this morning, we're, we're, we're in our God Is series. And my title for this morning's message is God Is My Chain Breaker. God is my chain breaker. And if you've missed some of the past messages, we've just recently started a podcast, um, just putting our stuff online. And so you can find us on, on iTunes as well. Um, but if you have a Bible with you, this, that's really where the, where the juice is. And, and that's where we're going to be speaking from. So if you have a Bible with you, if you could do me a favor and turn to Romans chapter 8. Uh, I, I can tell you this much. If you can get into the scriptures... 
and allow them to, to get into your heart and into your life. That's where Christianity comes, comes alive. And so if you have a Bible, turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 1, and, and it'll be on the screen for you as well. And it says these words. It says, so now there, there, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. In other words, if you call yourself a Christian and you belong to Jesus, as far as God is concerned, you and him, you're tight. You're good. You're Gucci. All is well. This verse was a game changer for me. Because I, I assumed, and I, and I thought God was angry all the time. And I thought God enjoyed punishing people. Bad people. And I always saw myself as a bad person. So, there, so therefore, I, I assumed that God would want nothing to do with a guy like me. But here, this verse tells us that there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So immediately that prompts a question. What do I need to do to belong to Christ Jesus? Because if you can figure that out, Christianity comes alive in a whole new way. Verse 2 says these words. It says, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And because you belong to Jesus, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. I can explain this concept with an analogy this morning. When it comes to life, When it comes to life, oh, still achy, <laughs> work with me. Chains represent sin, and chains represent guilt, and chains represent shame and pain, and the truth is they weigh us down and they lead us to death. The, the, the problem with these, these chains is, is, is people grow familiar with them. And they struggle to know that what, what parts are the chains and what parts are actually part of their body. <laughs> the longer we live with chains, the more these feel like part of who we are. And, and the craziest thing about the chain analogy is that, that they, they, they become a part of us and we almost embrace them as part of who we are. It was never meant to be that way. Sin and shame, sin and chains, they become a part of our identity, a part of who we are. It wasn't supposed to be like that. In fact, it's an entirely possible that a person could go through their entire life thinking that their chain is immovable and therefore they learn to justify them, they learn to cope with them, they learn to live with them, they learn to worship with them, they learn how to just bring them to church as part of who they are. 
This is, this is me. This is, this, is, this is my cross that I bear. This is Christianity. I feel so free. And, and, and the most awkward thing about the chains is that oftentimes they don't just impact the person that's wearing them. They, they impact the people that are around them. They, they make it harder to embrace people sometimes. They make it harder to, to live life. They make it hard to love. They make it harder to do life. They strangle you. <laughs> Verse 3. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. You see, the chain is, is too strong. We're, we're not actually able to break the, strength, the chain off in our own strength. We can, we can move them around a little bit to give us a little bit of breathing room. We can move them kind of, sort of, slightly. But at the end of the day, they're still there. They're still there. And they're heavy. And they weigh us down. You can't just think positive thoughts and make them go away. You can't just meditate long enough and have them disappear. Chains don't disappear because you drink them away. And we, we do everything we can to get rid of them because at our core, we know they don't belong there, but we just don't know what to do with them because they're stronger than they look. And the law of Moses, it's helpful in a sense because the law, the law shows you that you're wearing chains. But unfortunately, awareness isn't enough. We, we, we know we got them, but, 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 but what do we do with them? The law kind of works like the McDonald's menu board. You see, when you look at the menu board at McDonald's, you learn that the Big Mac has 563 calories. See, that information is helpful, but it doesn't stop me from eating them. <laughs> the law can only do so much. It can tell you what's healthy and what's not. But if you eat a Big Mac, knowing what the calorie count is, isn't going to make you not gain weight, <laughs> right? Let's look at that second part of Romans chapter three, 8, verse 3. It says, so God did what the law could not do. Because the law wasn't enough just to take the chains off. He sent his son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the, so that the, so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. In other words, God didn't create you so that you can just learn how to live with chains around your neck. He created you so that you could be free. He created you so that you can be in fellowship with Him, in, in relationship with Him. Because first and foremost, you are actually a spiritual being. You're a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. And you were created intentionally by God 
because he wants to know you. And more than that, he wants you to know him. When God sent his son Jesus in a body like, like we sinners have, as it said in verse 3, the difference between Jesus and us is that Jesus never carried a chain. In fact, he lived his whole life without ever picking a chain up and placing it around his neck. Jesus was holy. Jesus was perfect. Jesus was pure. And he was rewarded for that. In fact, that reward became our reward. And his reward was a key. And that key is the only thing that has the power, that has the ability to unlock the chains and remove them from a person's body. It's the only thing. The theological term for the chain-removing process is what we would call sanctification. Sanctification is a theological word to describe the action of making or declaring something to be holy. So, so, so generally speaking, to, to sanctify someone or to sanctify something is to set that person or thing apart for its intended design by its designer. So if you're a broom, for example, a broom would be sanctified if it is being used to sweep the floor. If you're a watch, a watch would be sanctified if it's being used to, to tell the time. But if you're a person, a person is sanctified when their chains are removed and they learn how to live without them. To be sanctified is to be set apart for God's special use and purpose. And the reality is, is God actually wants to use each of you. He has a special use and purpose for, for, for all of us. As a church, we describe the sanctification process like this. So here at Coastline, we would say, sanctification is dedication to God and separation from evil. Or another way of looking at that is sanctification is the process of removing your chains and doing whatever it takes not to put them back on. Verse 5, it says this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. You see, when you are wearing chains, like it or not, you make your decision based off the chains that you're wearing. I can't do this because my chains limit me. Or I can't do that because my chains make it impossible. But when you no longer have chains around your neck, you're free to live differently. Your, your, your priorities can change. You, you no longer have to accommodate for the chains that are in your life. Your, your, your perspective changes. All of a sudden, there's this, this new ability. You, you can do things you couldn't do before, and if God can set you free, he can set other people free. And when your chains are gone, the Holy Spirit could lead you in new ways because you're, you're a new person. Verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. 
it says. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to peace. Uh, a chain mindset only leads to more chains. Whereas a spirit mindset or a, a sanctified mindset leads to life. Verse 7. The sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law. And it never will. That's why those are still under that's why those who are still under the law under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Because you see, a, a chain mindset only sees limitations. And a chain mindset is at, it, it's hostile to God. Because a chain mindset only knows what a chain mindset knows. And this, this is what it knows. Chains are permanent. Chains are heavy. Chains can't be broken. Sure, you can maybe hide your chains or try to disguise your chains, but you can't take them off. And it's discouraging. And like it or not, our chains define us, our chains control us, and ultimately our chains distance us from God. You see, authentic Christianity isn't learning how to just cope with your chains. It doesn't work like that. Authentic Christianity comes through sanctification. Authentic Christianity only exists when we start taking chains off and learning how to live without them. It's entirely possible that you've been selling yourself short because you've been just learning how to live with your stuff. And you don't have to. Verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. When you become a Christian, when Jesus unlocks the chains... When you shake them off your body, your chains don't control you anymore. You're free. And you're free to be led by the Spirit of God who is living within you. Side note, just so that we're clear, um, Christianity isn't about perfection either. You're not a Christian because you don't have chains. You're a Christian because you have Jesus in your life. This key, this key doesn't just unlock the chains. What this key does is it actually unlocks the human heart. And when the love of Jesus is in our heart, that's when the locks in the chains start to dissolve. Verse 10. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. You see, at its core, sanctification isn't about removing as much as it is about returning to a place where you are made right with God. It's not just about taking chains off. It's about, it's about Jesus. Verse 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And this is what the key analogy is all about. 
It's not just that the key unlatches the chain around your neck. The key unlatches the door to your heart. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will, live, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. You see, Jesus paints this picture in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And in it, he says these words. He says, look, I, I, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. You see, there's this element of Jesus that we need to understand is that, yes, he holds the key. But there is this element of like, he knocks first. He's not just opening your door and walking in and saying, hey, everybody, how's it going? He, he, he knocks first. There's this element of where, where we need to take personal responsibility, where we need to take ownership, where we need to decide, okay, God, I will open the door or I will not open the door. And it's after we open the door, that's where he can begin to unlock things. And maybe you hear Jesus knocking at your heart today. Friend, I would say, let, let him in. Verse 12, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Now, here's, here's a strange observation that I've learned. You see, Jesus can come and he can unlock our lock. And Jesus can remove our chains. But for some reason, that doesn't seem to be good enough. Because <laughs> for some reason, I don't know if you've noticed this, some reason, for some reason, as we go through life, we tend to pick them up even though we've, been ha we've had them removed. And, and for some reason, we, always, we, we, we tend to go through life and we, we see chain and we know we shouldn't pick it up, but we pick it up anyways. And it's almost as though it's got a grip on us. Sanctification is the lifelong process, not just immediate process of learning to live without chains. Jesus takes the chains off immediately. But there's times in life where we end up picking more chains up and putting them back on. So we need to keep coming to God. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to continue making us more like Him. Verse 13. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. If you live by the chains, you will die, is what it's saying. But if through the power of the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. You will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I'll close with this thought. It is entirely possible that God has brought you here today for this exact moment. You don't need to live with chains any longer. 
Because with everything that's inside of me, I, I full-heartedly believe that God wants to help all of us grow in our relationship with him. For some, maybe today is the for some, maybe today is the day where you invite Jesus into your heart. Where we're like me. You thought, you thought God lived on one shoulder and the devil lived on another shoulder. You thought angels lived in clouds, puffy clouds, and Ned Flanders was the only good Christian out there. And there's this element of Jesus, this real Jesus. It's captivating. Maybe today, maybe today you need to ask God to remove a specific chain that's been weighing you down. Maybe, maybe today is the day where you need to, maybe you need to be, maybe you need to repent. Because maybe there's a chain that you've been hiding that you know is there. And you've, you've actually gotten really good of figuring out how to just hide it just a little bit. And if no one knows it's there, you can skid in your pocket, you can live life as if you don't have any chains. But you know full well, you know really well that this is not how you're supposed to live. And you walk with a limp now, praying to the good Lord that nobody would notice. This is just part of who you are. But friend, you're not meant to live like that. There's more. There's actual freedom. Not just pretending to be free so I fit in kind of freedom. There's more. Regardless of your situation, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And if you'd like to know that you belong to Christ Jesus, if you, if you hear Jesus knocking at your door, knocking at your heart's door today, now is the time to respond. Can I ask everyone to bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? This morning, I'm going to pray two prayers. The first prayer if you feel Jesus knocking on your heart and you're ready to invite him into your heart so that you can finally take off those heavy chains, can I invite you to raise your hand real quick and I'll just pray for you. Yes, one, two, yeah, thank you, yes. We'll just wait a moment, absolutely. Something very sacred about this moment, I don't want to rush it. If you've raised your hand, can I invite you to pray with me? Very simple prayer. Sorry, thank you, please. It starts off like this. You can just think the words or just pray along with me. Even. Jesus, I'm sorry. Sorry for trying to do things in my own strength. Sorry for making life all about me and getting comfortable in these chains. Thank you that, that you can take those chains off. Thank you that when you died on the cross and rose again, 
Thank you that, that as we sang about today, as we take communion together, as, as, we, as we talk so much, there's so much thematically where we've just talked about you coming for us, that we can have life. Father, we thank you for that. Jesus, would you please fill my heart with your presence? Would you fill our hearts with your presence? Would you show us what it means to live as a Christian? And would you take those chains off of my life so that I could be free to be more like you? Amen. Second prayer I want to pray is for those who maybe you have a relationship with Jesus, but you know, you know that you have chains that you need to deal with. You've tried to take them off time and time again. But they seem to have some sort of hold on your life. If that's you, can you raise your hand? Just a moment, I'd love to pray for you. Yeah. Tons of hands in here. Jesus, we sit here before you in your presence. And we thank you that you are the chain breaker. Father, individually, we pray. Individually, we repent. And we ask for your forgiveness, God. God, help us to live a pure and holy life. God, in the areas of our life where we've picked up stuff we shouldn't, the areas in our life where we've done stuff that we shouldn't, the areas in our life where we have regrets or guilt, Father, we give that to you. And we pray that today, Lord, that we'd be able to leave here as different people. That we'd be able to leave here different than the way that we came in. God, we thank you that you're a resurrecting kind of God. You're a God who specializes in making dead things come alive. And so, Father, where there is hopelessness in this room, we pray for hope. God, that you can turn all situations around. Father, where there is fear in this room, we pray for courage. God, that you'd be able to turn that situation around. Father, where there is habits in our lives or addictions in our lives, we pray for breakthrough in Jesus' name. That Holy Spirit, you would break those chains. And as we lean into you, as we draw near to you, we know that your scriptures say that you draw near to us. So, Father, we thank you that we're not by ourselves. You're our chain breaker, God, and we thank you for that. In your name, amen. Let's worship.